Welcome to the Real Estate Espresso Podcast, your morning shot of what's new in the world of real estate investing. I'm your host, Victor Manash. This is the weekend edition where we interview notable people from the world of real estate investing. Today is no exception. We've got a great guest all the way from Central Florida. Welcome to the show, Tim Milazzo. Victor, thank you so much for having me. Great to have you here. Now, Tim, you've been in this business for quite some time, recently relocated from New York City. And we're going to talk about fintech, kind of the core of your business. You've got a bunch of innovations that I'm excited to learn a bit more about. Before we do that, though, maybe give a little bit of your backstory and how you got to this point in your journey. Yeah. Uh, well, thank you, Victor, for the opportunity. Uh, I'm Tim. I grew up in northern New Jersey in the suburbs of New York. Uh, and what a place for commercial real estate other than New York City. My dad worked in New York as a commercial leasing broker, uh, helping office building owners maximize those investments by getting the best tenants and leases. I studied finance uh, and I went to school and interned at big real estate companies. But I was drawn to technology from the moment I started my career. I started my career at Google in a sales operations role for their advertising technology. Uh, later went to a startup that was then acquired by Facebook. And only then did I start to look back towards the real estate sector and say, there is a lot to do here combining what my passion was in technology and technology companies with the real estate industry and everything that can be done in real estate investment uh and fintech was starting to bubble up in real estate at the time really had only spawned crowdfunding portals so far and i kind of looked at this this industry and fintech and said there's more to do between real estate investment and fintech and that that led to the biggest passion of my career, which ultimately meant founding StackSource. I love that. That's a great story. And, you know, you and I both have a technology background, so we're going to have some fun with this conversation. So today, let's, well, let's define what we mean by fintech, because that could mean a lot of different things. And a lot of the innovations have been, in fact, in the world of residential, but not that much in the world of commercial. And you're, I think, bringing this into the world of commercial investing. Yeah, I, there's so much happening in fintech and so many VC dollars are being invested into the way that money moves, payments, transparency into markets. In residential home buying, um, the most valuable lender, loan originator, and it's not close, is Rocket Mortgage. And they're worth $50 billion after their IPO last year because they brought transparency into what are residential mortgage rates and then can I take that rate and close it really effectively online without going anywhere and they've done that and they're worth 50 billion dollars because they've made the home buying process at least the home financing process much more efficient you hop over into commercial and maybe you're a first-time multifamily or commercial real estate investor and maybe you've flipped houses or you've bought houses and you get to the point where well where, what type of loan am i getting what what's my rate what are my terms and how do i close that loan and it's night and day how hard it is to find the right commercial lender, how different they are from each other, and to figure out you know, how long is this going to take? What are my terms? Am I getting those terms at the end of the day? It, it's this process that was left in the dark. And um, we saw that. We saw that big opportunity to try to bring a little bit more transparency and efficiency to commercial mortgage financing. And so that's what consumes us. One of the things I find in the world of commercial lending is that the second you speak with a broker or you speak with a lender, the first, the answer to your first question is always, yes, we will do that. But when you get into the details and you actually look at what their underwriting criteria truly are, then it's, oh, yeah, but, yeah, but this, yeah, but that. 
and all of a sudden they start to chip away. Oh, there's more risk here. The terms are changing. We're going to increase the number, you know, the the reserves that you've got to maintain. We're going to increase the rate. Uh, all of these different things. So it's not quite as cookie cutter as you know one of a one of 400 units in a condo building that are all exactly the same. That's right. Um, if you're getting a residential mortgage, the underwriting is exceedingly simple. At least at this point these days, that's what's been simplified. You've got a credit score, you have an income history, and you have how much money you have in the bank. And that's it. Your underwriting's done. You can make mistakes and there can be quirks and you can have things to explain, but that's really all the process centers around. Now, when you get to commercial real estate investment, we're talking about these real estate assets as a business, as something that generates income and has expenses and you get to an NOI. And there's a lot of just underwriting that goes into the NOI itself. It's not just what is your W-2 from last year? And there's there's this level of underwriting and almost debate between a borrower and a lender as to what is a true NOI of an asset. And that's only one leg of the three-legged underwriting uh, stool. You've got, um, of course, the borrower, the sponsor's finances, what's your net worth and your liquidity, and you know somewhere down the list is your credit score. Uh, but then finally, you have a track record. You're, you're sponsor track record. How how confident are we as a lender that you're going to manage this asset correctly and you're going to make this a, a less of a risk for us that we're going to lose our money? Uh, and that is a very intensive process to figure out um, how well does your experience line up. There are so many different potential points of failure in the commercial mortgage process that real estate investors are almost jaded at this point that they expect lenders to treat them badly, especially in the small to mid market. If you're not Blackstone that owns a trillion dollars of real estate and you're investing in a new town or a new type of asset, and there's some reason where you have to go with a new lender, you're getting ready for a battlefield. You're getting ready for where the land mines, what's going to happen, and something as simple as just lender ratings. How often do the, does this lender pull out or retrade other borrowers? Is it is it me? Is, is my deal the problem? Is my track record the problem? Or is this problem just with the lender? And again, there's very little transparency in the commercial mortgage space today. And we're trying to set out to bring a, a bit more transparency so you can know what are the landmines and how do we avoid them on a deal by deal, really get to the right lender. And sometimes it's the right lender for the transaction. And sometimes it's just avoid this lender for any type of Tell me a little bit, how does the technology unwind this web of complexity? Sure. So there are thousands of commercial mortgage lenders around the country. You talk about all the banks, credit unions, private lenders, and debt funds that are part of the space. And then as you start to scale, there are other types of lenders at play, like the commercial mortgage-backed securities market, Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac, life insurance companies. There is a web, and that's a great word, of all these potential lenders that you can go to. So one thing that we do that's very you know, seemingly simple, but is actually uh, part of the magic is getting you matched with the right lenders. And the right lenders is a combination of the right loan terms. So what are their rates, amortization, how high can they go in leverage? And, and the right loan terms may vary for different investments, but you have to combine what are the right loan terms with they actually really want and, and are motivated to get a loan placed on that type of asset. So what are they really looking for in their appetite today? How does it fit into their balance sheet mix if they're a bank? And then finally, the experiences of other capital advisors and borrowers that have worked with that lender in the past. So we have a concoction of the right rates and terms, the appetite of the lender, and 
the experiences that other capital advisors and borrowers have had with those same lender contacts. And that's how we put together the menu of here are the right lenders that can actually perform and give you the loan that's going to help you maximize your investment. So conceptually, you're taking the place of what would traditionally be the commercial mortgage broker's role in putting together a borrower and a lender. We think there's a pretty steep curve in what is a good commercial mortgage broker and what is a commercial mortgage broker that's not adding enough value to the process. So you have with the good brokers, you have experience and they have seen it all. They've seen a thousand transactions and what different landmines to avoid. They have honesty and they also work with speed because these are deals that can fall apart if not taken care of and stewarded. Um, from the term sheet to the close. And so that's the combination of what we say, well, that's a, that's a real value add commercial mortgage broker. If they can work quickly and honestly to get you the right solution and help you avoid mistakes, that's actually a really compelling reason to use a commercial mortgage broker. So what we do at Stacksource is we have capital advisors that act as that guide through the process can dive into the underwriting and strategize with sponsors about what type of financing is going to be most appropriate, how to avoid mistakes and to get this deal done quickly. So we actually are full service like a commercial mortgage broker. And at this point, we have traditional lenders and commercial mortgage broker contacts that are joining StackSource as capital advisors. Uh, So we're not a drop you at the doorstep and now you're getting calls from a dozen different lenders like you might from you know, lending tree back in the, in the day, if you put your contact info, now all these lenders are calling you, you actually have one point of contact to stack source. And that is a capital advisor that with the transparency and the efficiency of our platform can help you get from point A to point B with the best loan, avoid the mistakes and get to closing most efficient. Part of the role of, I think a good mortgage broker on the commercial side is to educate the borrower on the requirements for a specific lender. So if you want to work with this specific lender, here's the box that you have to fit into. This is what you need to look like. So take your executive summary, tweak this, tweak that. It's not a rip up of your whole project, but it's a, it's just some minor adjustments. And now you'll fit within their underwriting guidelines where you might not have before. Absolutely. And I think there are certain types of loans, like uh, if you have a multifamily apartment building that's 100% occupied and cash flowing and it's had stable NOI for the last 18 months, that underwriting is more or less programmatic. Uh, and actually, that's the type of underwriting that we are aiming to make fully programmatic by automating those quotes on our platforms. So you can get the quote right now. You don't have to wait for some banker to finish his round of golf to get back to the office and analyze anything in a spreadsheet. You can actually get that answer right now. With the massaging of the story of the deal and being able to explain to a lender why this fits their credit box and how value will be added, either through construction or through renovations or through the repositioning of the asset, it is about the story of the asset. It's about the story of the strength of the sponsor. And so that is actually the process we certainly follow, especially for construction and for value add and for repositioning and for deals that have some hair on them. That's where the capital advisor will step in and it'll be a collaborative process. More and more, there will be these programmatic underwriting opportunities. The way we look at the market, there probably about 40% of all commercial mortgages that are originated go to what could be a programmatic underwriting. So Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac, multifamily, uh, triple net leases with a long-term credit tenant, you know, something that the SBA 504 program is going to back because the government's trying to support small businesses. Those are all fairly programmatic underwriting, not too much wiggle room. And then on the value add story, then you 
that's where borrowers are very much in need of the the quality advisor for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Because every deal is different and it's one thing to simply add internet service and you're getting an extra $35 per door per month versus a complete rip up of the, of the asset itself to, to create additional value on what might be a bit of a speculative basis. For sure. Yeah, absolutely. Um, we are doing more construction and value-add lending now, certainly than we have in the last couple of years. Last year was very difficult for that in the midst of COVID. There's so many uncertainties in the market that you know an uncertain speculative real estate project was difficult to place. This year, it's a very liquid market. I mean, we actually have seen lenders and capital sources. The capital markets are really at play for strong sponsors with good locations and strong deals. Uh, and some of the largest loans and you know, capital placements that we're doing this year are value add and construction. Fascinating. And it's true. That's one of those areas that traditionally has been one of the more difficult end of the spectrum to, to underwrite, even with experts, you know, carrying you through the process. Yeah. I, the largest loan that we did this summer was $33 million of debt for, uh, for land development that's needed for housing in the suburbs of North Carolina. And, uh, and that's something that with, uh, with the demand for housing and multi, multifamily and single family both, there are these drivers and economic drivers in the market to understand. There are the locations of the asset to understand and the quality of the business plan. And the capital markets are ripe for good projects with good sponsors. And accessing them, getting to the right place and telling the right story is really all it takes to get that money. I love that. Well, Tim, if folks want to connect, if they want to learn more, what's the best way? Uh, Stacksource.com is our website. My name's Tim Malazzo. And if you search that on LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter, you'll usually find me first. But if you'd like to email me, it's Tim at Stacksource.com. Fantastic. Well, I'm definitely going to be following this with interest, uh, not just for our listeners, but for our own projects as well. So definitely for the listeners at home, reach out to Tim at stacksource.com. And in the meantime, have an awesome rest of your weekend. Go make some great things happen. And we'll talk to you again tomorrow.